Welcome back to the Bible Reading Podcast. I am your host, Brianna Shana, and I'm joined by the awesome, by the amazing, by the best aunt in the world, Nessa Goss. Nessa, how are you? You know, you don't have to give me an elaborate title every time. You can just say, I'm with Nessa. But what if people forget? They won't. (laughs) Hey, I switch it up every single time so that people can't quote me on it, you know, just to keep people on their toes. But yes, we're just going to continue to keep digging it out. We had an awesome time last week with um, Pastor Matt Schaefer here with us, and we had a great nuanced conversation. We hope that everyone enjoyed it. Um, Pastor Matt is here with us again today. (laughs) So to start off with, what we're going to dive into is we're going to dive into a story in the Bible that isn't particularly associated with Halloween, but I think it has to do with what we're talking about. And um, I think we'll get a lot from it. So we're going to start in Acts 16, verse 16, and it's going to be great. So if you've got your Bibles, you know, get out your Bibles and we'll start reading it. Um, uh, Pastor Matt, you with us? I'm I'm with you. Okay, awesome. All right. And so um, Acts 16, verse 16, this is Paul and Silas, they're in the prison. Once when we were going out to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrate and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received those orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the socks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At the hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order. Release those men, the jailer told Paul. The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us into prison. And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. So when I first read this story, um, you know, as a child, I remember 
being very sad that, you know, Paul and Silas were thrown in jail. Um, but it had never occurred to me when reading this story that the two stories were connected. Um, the woman who had the spirit inside of her getting called out and Paul and Silas seeing hymns in the prison and um, saving the jailer and his whole household. And so it never, it never had occurred to me that those stories were connected, that the reason that Paul and Silas were thrown in jail was because of them calling out evil. And so what the story speaks to me is that evil hates being called out. Evil, evil hates it when a righteous person calls it out, when a righteous person is willing to stand up against it. And there are consequences to calling out evil. And there, there are real things that happen to you when you decide to stand up for what's right, for what's righteous, for what's holy. Um, evil hates it. And so this story has always been powerful to me, not just because the jailer getting saved and all his household, but you, you really don't know who's going to be saved or who is waiting for you and who is waiting to hear about Jesus from you when you call out evil, when you speak against evil. And as you guys know, you know, that's a big motivation for us in the podcast, doing the podcast is talking about the things that God cares about, talking about the Bible verses that God, you know, deems important and everything, everything in the Bible is important. But specifically the ones that we deal with in our day to day in the world that we face today as Christians, like what does the Bible actually say about these topics? You know, and that's why we, of course, encourage everyone to read their Bible every single day, because it's important to know what the word says. And I personally and firmly believe it's important to call out evil for evil. And on top of that, um, before doing this podcast, I really did think to myself, you know, okay, nobody wants to hear another argument against Halloween or another argument as to why they shouldn't celebrate. If they wanted to hear that, you know, they could go to some other prolific pastor that, you know, is way more eloquent than I am and has way more, you know, things to say about it. But I feel like there, you can't really go wrong with calling out evil for evil or calling out the darkness. You can't go wrong with it because you never know who may need to hear this message. You never know who might be in darkness and who needs to hear that there is light and that there is hope and that there is Jesus and that there is, you know, a place outside of the darkness. So that's what we're talking about today. That's what we're kind of, you know, still going in the vein of thinking and talking about, um, But yeah, so what do you guys think? I just love that Paul and Silas were never like phased. Like the whole story, you never get that they were trembling or they were scared. Paul was annoyed. Like that's what you get. And even in jail, they knew what to do. I'm sure they, you know, were like, this isn't the best situation. But there's no indication that they faltered in their faith or that they didn't know what they were doing. They just went and they knew what to do. Yeah, I think one of the things that stand out to me in that story, probably the, the most, is... And I love that you're taking that topic on, that darkness doesn't like to be called out. Mm-hmm. And yet you don't realize the result that can come from the darkness that you call out. Right. And and sometimes your intended audience <laughs> isn't always the audience that benefits either. Mm-hmm. In this story, another man and his family is benefiting from the results of calling out the darkness. You know, one thing... Scripture doesn't do in that story is it doesn't tell us um, it doesn't tell us how what the gr- the young girl's response mm-hmm. is yeah. to this freedom because she wasn't just bound with these these uh, this demon right. <laughs> she was bound to she was, uh, ma- she was a slave yeah. and so imagine 
she didn't, she was never a slave, you know, she, she was still the guy's slave, but now she's not bound by that. Right. You know, I'm, I would be, I would love to kind of go back in history and say, man, I wonder, I wonder, because there might've well, very, very well been a freedom for her that she encountered. But I think what stands out to me most in this story is every time I've read it through the years is there's a time for calling out darkness mm-hmm. because I mean, how long was it before this went on? Mm-hmm. Right. So he didn't do it at first. Right. He had to grow annoyed with yeah. it. <laughs> you know, it's like, he it wasn't just like, it didn't just happen all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and I, I would love to, to quote it. So maybe you can see it, but uh, my phone's dead and we live in a digital age right. and <laughs> I come here without a Bible basically. But literally what I see is um, uh, she, if, yeah, verse 18, she kept this up for many days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. for many days, they did not call it out. Right. Wow. But here's what's important. And this is why I'm glad you, you are doing this because it is the evidence that there is a time to yeah. step up and say, hey, that's darkness. And we're not going to let that darkness rob the glory of the light that wants to shine. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so I, I, I think it's a, it's a timely thing because I live on this, I live in this hinge point and I think we, you know, in, in one of our other discussions, we were talking about wrestling, you know, wrestling with something. And I think one of the things we have to wrestle with is, man, there's a time to say something and there's a time not to say something. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's something you always need to wrestle with because people are like, well, that's the truth and we need to tell them the truth and, and it's the truth that sets them free. And I'm going, yeah, but Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. And he says himself, I have a lot to say to you, right. but I can't mm-hmm. and I won't because of the hardness of your heart. Right. And so there are things that even the creator of the universe in flesh chose not to tell the people closest to him mm-hmm. because of the posture of their heart. And so there is these, yes, we want to be considerate and sit there and say, well, there's a time for a conversation and there's a time, there's a time to bring it up. And then there's a time to say, mm, we're going to let that ride, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I do think that this podcast is obviously going to be that time for some people yeah. uh, to hear and say, Hey, there's, there's some darkness that needs to be called out. Mm-hmm. So in the story, when the, when they're talking about the spirit that the um, female slave had, they say that the spirit is just saying over and over and over again, these men are servants of the most high God. They're going to tell you ways to be saved. And so what's always struck me as interesting about that is that those, the demon inside of her is really just telling the truth. Like the Bible details that she's a fortune teller, but this demon inside of her is seeing Paul and Silas do their ministry and do their work. He can't help but point out what's just true. Like he's not really operating in what, she originally would probably say or do, but instead they're just speaking the truth. It's crazy to me that the demon knows the truth in every single, um, in every single example that the Bible gives us in every single story with a demon or with some kind of spirit calling out the spirit knows God knows who they serve, knows the master knows who they don't serve. And they know better. Like they, they recognize Jesus. They recognize God. They recognize the spirits. And whenever they're called out by name, they come out because they recognize the authority that they're under. And what boggles my mind is that a lot of Christians don't operate that way. Like they don't operate in the spiritual because either they're comfortable with darkness or 
they don't know the truth. And so it's crazy to me that, you know, demons can know the truth, but Christians are hesitant to know the truth, hesitant to call out darkness, hesitant to, you know, be bold and speak out and speak on the things of the darkness and speak out about it. But what I want to know is why are Christians so hesitant? Why do we feel like, oh, we can't really speak up around this time of year? Is it because we're afraid to offend? Is it because we're afraid to cross a boundary? Is it because we just don't want to go there with people? What do you guys think about that? I think it's a balance of what Pastor Matt was saying, where there is a time and a place. And to speak into someone's life, you have to have a relationship because otherwise it's just going to, it's throwing seed on rocky soil, seed on thorny soil, you know, seed that goes by the wayside and the birds eat it. You know, um, of course our job is to still sow seeds. And then there is an aspect of culture and Americans and we like to be comfortable and not make ripples. You know, I think it's just that balance of what do you believe is at the time you have to be guided by the Holy spirit because he has all the knowledge. He will speak to you. And I don't, I don't know. I think it, it's either you're on the side of, you know, the truth and you're waiting to hear from God to say it or not say it, or you're on the other end where you're figuring out what you believe. You don't want to offend. You don't want to criticize. And so I think in my opinion, it's kind of like you're either there or not. Yeah. I, um, you know, I think about as a, as a father, you know, that I, um, especially as I have adult children, you have to choose your words in which (laughs) very carefully, you know, you have to choose what you're going to get involved with and what you're going to let them figure out. And, um, I think there's many reasons. It's probably countless reasons why, uh, people do that. I don't know that it would be, you know, I, I can't say that there aren't some believers out there that need to speak up. Um, and have some conversations with some loved ones. Uh, uh, and I think that there's even those believers, as I believe this podcast is kind of doing, that need to, need to pay, put it on a higher platform, okay? Uh, I love that we're doing it in a conversational side. There's one thing that, you know, you said, Nessa, that I don't disagree with, I just probably take a different angle with, is that I I am easily persuaded that I would rather have a relationship with somebody when I'm trying to deliver a truth to, you know, the truth to them. Um, I'm also, while I'm more inclined to take that way <laughs> as, as I'm predisposed to it, mm-hmm. uh, just with the work the Lord has done in me and my values, what I value most, I have to recognize that the reason why we as Christians need to wrestle this is because Paul didn't have any relationship with that girl. True. You know, and so there is this part where I we've seen a church that just you know again even with airwaves and I say airwaves podcasts digital broadcasting you know and just even with those who stand on on social media platforms just because you have an audience doesn't mean that you're supposed to tell that audience everything that just comes to your mouth and so you know I definitely think that there's a time for that. And, and and I love that we can do it where we have relationship and we can yeah. have these different angles with, with uh, that where pe- multiple listeners can go, well, I kind of more agree with her. I kind of feel in her conviction or, or I kind of feel his, his ambiguity between <laughs> the, the yeah. thing, which I hope my, my be, I don't want to be ambiguous. I just want to recognize the wrestling, yeah. you know, and that, yes, we wrestle with these things, um, because they need to be. There is a time 
to move past relationship and say, Hey, mm-hmm. this, this right here matters. And, and I know I don't know you, but you may very well be the one that who God wants to set free. Yeah. And then you might find out you were wrong and go to jail for it. <laughs> <laughs> but then th- that guy might be the one. Guy right. Exactly. Yes. You know, it's like, so I do, obedience yeah. is obviously we can't lose sight. We don't see that Paul was being obedient when he did it, but we know that obedience is a chemistry in our relationship with the Lord, where mm-hmm. sometimes he says we have to do, but in as much as I'm cautious about the, Hey, don't just run out and just start calling every, you know, you boo, you yeah. <laughs> boo, you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I want to do that. No. But, but, but we got to bring the topic up, which is yeah. why I'm glad that, that we are doing this. It, yeah. it, the topic has to come up. Yeah. Okay. So when we talk about obedience, right, let's talk about obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible says in Romans 12, verse chapter 12, 12 verse two, sorry about that. Um, And it's a very popular verse, of course, um, when talking about Halloween and using this argument. Um, It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So going off on that verse, of course, you know, we have to think of, okay, well, what does the pattern of this world, like, what does that mean for us um, in regards to Halloween? So I think of, okay, in terms of culture, like, does it really matter what the roots were? Like when you think about Halloween today, like you don't think about All Hallows Eve or whether it was a Catholic thing or whether it was this or whether it was pagan or anything like that. You think of, you know, the witches, the goblins, the darkness, the movie Hocus Pocus, if you're a Disney Channel fan and you think of, you know, the latest horror movie or something, you're not thinking about the roots of where it originated from at all. You're thinking about what today it means and what it looks like. And so I feel like as Christians, that is a clear, okay, we should not conform to that pattern. We should not conform to that culture that culture that's based in fear or steeped in fear or steeped in darkness. Like that's something that we should not be willing to partake in or want to partake in. Um, But I also think that when you entertain those things, when you entertain those kind of movies or like the latest Chucky movie, I, I don't know why I said Chucky. That is like, that made me sound very old. I've never seen a Chucky movie, but like the latest clown movie or something, or, you know, like something horrifying, like you don't, you, you don't think of something peaceful or something, you know, um, joyful or anything like that. You just think of scary and, you know, fear. And I feel like today that's mainly what Halloween has become for sure. So I also take that verse to mean, you know, we are called to be separate from the world. We are called to be holy. We're called to be set apart. So what does that look like? being separate and being set apart. And I also like to look at the verse, of course, Ephesians 5 verse 11 that says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light. I feel like those verses are very clear in what we should and shouldn't be doing. If Halloween is darkness, which like we've already kind of established, there is a large part of it that is darkness, then how do we as Christians respond to that? How do we as Christians think about the holiday? What do we do when it comes up every year or when, you know, we have to say no to our children? Like, what are we doing to be holy, to be set apart, to be different in this world? Because I do think that it is important to be different, to want to strive to be holy, to be set apart. And more than that, to do what the Bible, you know, warns us to do and to 
participate and partake in. So I know a lot of parents will use the argument that, oh, if I dress my, like my five-year-old isn't a Satan worshiper just because he wants to be Iron Man for the holiday. It's like, no, obviously not. But you cannot deny that Halloween does have aspects of darkness that is hard to separate from. And this is just my opinion. You can take it or leave it. You don't have to agree with me. You know, like this is a podcast I host, but you know, you don't have to agree with everything I say. It's perfectly fine. But this is just my opinion that if I cannot fully separate the light from the darkness from an activity, not just Halloween, but from anything, you know, like that I just simply won't participate. Um, And I think I said it in the last podcast just, or the last episode, just, you know, like even if there were three poison M&Ms in a bowl full of perfectly normal M&Ms, I'm not going to take a handful. It's just kind of, that's just common sense to me personally, once again, my opinion. But I do know that a lot of parents don't feel that way. And a lot of parents do feel like, oh, it's just harmless fun. And, you know, but to me, I do think that because this holiday does glorify certain aspects, it does glorify fear when we were not given a spirit of fear. It does glorify darkness when we are supposed to be separate from the darkness. It does glorify these things that are real in the world, such as which is satanic cult, like all that stuff, you know, like there, there are just aspects of it that we should as Christians steer away from. And of course, I'm not talking about fall festivals. I'm not talking about events that churches put on to try and bring people in their doors. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about whether or not we truly are celebrating what is culturally known as Halloween, not the past, not the roots it originated from, not anything like that. I mean, what we see today in American culture as Halloween. If it is just candy and costumes, just let it be the candy and costumes that you can do any other day of the year. Just not scary costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I don't like the scary costumes, especially when you got the little kids. Because yeah. I about took out a clown years ago. <laughs> yeah, I did. I about laid some fivefold ministry on him. <laughs> and uh, for those who don't know, I that's, agree. that's a fist. Yes, you know, <laughs> five fingers. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't have anything to repent of later, but I was pretty, I was ready to Mm -hmm. take him out. Um, You know, for me, just this, this scripture of um, Romans 12 and be not conformed. You know, Mm -hmm. this, this translation that I'm looking at, it says, um, uh, be not conformed or don't copy the behavior Mm. and customs of this world. Mm. I, I would dive really into, you know, and again, I'm going to look for the wrestling. What what do I need to wrestle here? Well, I don't believe he's talking simply about just a a, a nation's culture or or culture as we understand it. He's talking about behavior and customs of this world, not just our world, not just the way we do it, not our our, our just customs, our cultural practices. Um, I think the evidence in that is is in all of his examples. He's like, he's going on. Now, it is be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has. Be honest of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Mm-hmm. Not comparing ourselves to one another. That's a, now that's a culture of this world. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's clear. I'm not supposed to, that's, that's a place where I'm supposed to be set apart. I think there is a, if we... Draw, and I'm not, obviously, you know, I totally, every parent and every, every, every believer has to draw the lines where their conscience falls, you know, and, 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 and we as believers need to honor that for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and without judgment. It says that let him who has the faith to eat not despise him who doesn't have the faith. And let him who doesn't have the faith to eat judge or look down upon those who do Mm -hmm. to his own master, one stands or falls. And so we all are going to manage those tensions and make those calls. For me, this particular thing, there's a danger, and I don't want to open up this crazy can right here, but I don't know how I cannot. (laughs) And the reason why I also believe that he's not talking about custom, just culture as we understand it, like uh, our culture is to do it this way or that way. Um, He goes on in another epistle where he talks about, and again, I'm standing here with two ladies, so no (laughs) no offense, but he goes on to talk about how women shouldn't cut their hair. Right. And none of the other churches have any other custom. So he's not now, well, people say, well, that, but every Christian I've spoken to and every theologian and scholar for years and years I've talked to about this, they all kind of agree that, well, he was saying something to a culture. So he was talking to a culture Mm -hmm. and he was saying that the culture of that is don't cut your hair. Okay. So then, but then why do we, why do do girls cut their hair now? So we obviously went to, culture became acceptable. Somebody just said, well, we're not just, there's nothing wrong with cutting your hair. Don't get me started on head coverings. I'm sure. I'm sure. And again, please, you know, I'm not, I I don't, I don't have a problem with anybody cutting their hair. All I'm saying is, is that the idea that cultural context is not applied to the scripture we read Mm -hmm. is, is false. It is applied to the scripture we read. In as much as we see a culture in America that's moving towards more immorality, doesn't mean that immorality needs to be thrown out. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right. you know. And so, um, so on a practice level of again candy and costumes, um, I cannot trump that. That that's just a worldly uh, be conformed to that worldly practice. What is clear in this scripture and in this context is exactly what you're bringing up, uh, Brianna. Is that We've got to, we, you do have to have some separations mm-hmm. and, and that is what that you know, my heart would be is that, man, we all have to find where do you, where are you going to draw that separation this mm-hmm. year? Where are you going to stand with your family on this? Because there is, there are, is, listen to me, I'm just <laughs> there are some other things at play, yeah. both spiritual, psychological, yeah. cultural. There are things at play. There are, are things to really consider and uh, more power to the fall festivals for churches. Uh, we just did one. It was awesome. Yeah. It looked, it looked awesome. Brown over there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Nessa, what you got? I don't know. That's all just great. I think it's, I agree. Next question. Next yeah. question. What's the next thought? What's the next thought? You guys are the smarty pants. No. I'm here for moral support. You're our comic relief. Yeah, exactly. I've been thinking that this whole time. Like, I, like the funny one, I guess. I'll add that to the beginning of every episode <laughs> that you're our comic relief. <laughs> so yeah, um, just to close us out, you know, um, this is to all the Christians, of course, listening. And I say Christians because, you know, when we talk about these topics, we are normally just talking to Bible believing Christians. You know, we're, we're talking to people who know Jesus, who know the word, or at least are familiar with the word and who might be, you know, teetering on the edge of this topic. Um, a running theme that's been going on with these two episodes is just to consider, 
just to really think about it. Ask the Holy Spirit, hey, what may, what might you be trying to tell me through these episodes? You know, like, um, and if you, if you found yourself getting offended or getting upset at all through these episodes, you know, do a little inventory, ask yourself, God, why did this offend me? Why, why do I hold really tightly to Halloween or to the holiday? Like, what does this mean to me? What does this mean to my walk of faith? Like, why, why do I hold this so close to my heart? And why is this something that if God was telling me to not do it, why don't I want to do it? Um, so I would just encourage everyone to, you know, um, even if it's not this year or, or even if it wasn't this year, or even if it's not next year or the year after that, you know, just continue to consider it. I hope you guys got something out of this series. I hope, you know, God spoke to you in some way. And of course this, uh, both all these episodes were spoken with love. Like, you know, we love you guys. We don't judge anyone for choosing differently or doing something differently. It is your convictions. It is your walk with the Holy Spirit. It is your discernment it is what it is what God speaks to you. So we just hope that we are always here to encourage you guys and to just open your minds and read the Bible, of course, and, you know, tell you what it says and, you know, give you our interpretation of it. But, um, thank you, Pastor Matt. Thank you so much for being here with us. It was so much fun having you here. You know, thank you for sharing your testimony. It was awesome. It was amazing. Um, would you mind closing us out in prayer? Yeah. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for this time. Thank you, uh, Lord, that you guide us, Lord, that we have your spirit. As we said uh, earlier, Lord, you lead us in, in all truth, God, and you bring these things to memory, uh, when they matter most. And so, Holy Spirit, I, I pray, Lord, that uh, for those that are still uh, trying to find their footing, uh, both in culture and as they follow you, God, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would be the great divider, Lord, that you would help them divide these things uh, with, Lord, uh, with wisdom, with grace, God, uh, with wisdom, Lord, for them and the families that they're leading, um, and God, for grace, Lord, in the places where they must speak truth and not be afraid, Lord, and, and Lord, I pray that for their courage, Lord, their, their courage to stand uh, for what you're putting in their hearts. Lord, and I think that you just, um, you bless them. You bless them along the way. Give them power. Uh, give them discernment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Yeah, my pleasure. Oh, we don't normally do this, but you want to plug your music? Oh, yeah. Oh, Tell well, us what you're doing, your social media, yeah, what's going on I, in your I, life. You can, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Matt and Abby Music? Yeah, yeah, Matt and Abby Music on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You can follow us. A-B-I. Uh, we like yes. to make music for uh, couples, families. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's it's not your typical worship music, but it's good, clean, and it's stuff that helps uh, yeah. helps mom and dad keep sticking it out. Yeah, <laughs> we love it. That's right. They're awesome. They're amazing. You guys should definitely go check it out. Um, he's very talented. And um, while we're here, of course, we also have an Instagram page at Bible Reading Project, not podcast. So if you're looking for podcasts, that doesn't exist. It's Bible Reading Project on Instagram. You know, go follow us if you guys don't already. We appreciate you guys. We love um, our listeners. And thank you guys for all tuning in every Wednesday. And we will see you next week.